0: And so we want to spend this morning in Philippians chapter 3. So if you have your copy there open, uh, if you also have a device, you can turn that on there and follow along. I, this Just here at the creek, it's important for you to have a Bible there in front of you. It's even if you'd like to take notes, you can. I'll try to help give some things for you to write down today. And so that's a part of us learning and engaging with the scriptures. If for some reason you don't have a copy of a Bible. Maybe you didn't, you know, own one or you didn't have one. We would love to provide you with one of those on your way out today. Or if you want to get up and go get one now, there are some at our welcome desk. And so we'd love to make sure that you do have a copy of the Word of God because it is important to us. And so we want to spend our few moments here reading the text. And what we always do is we'll read and you'll see this modeled. We'll read the Bible and then we'll talk about what it means. And so we are all here to submit our lives to the authority of the Word of God. And so if you have your copy open to Philippians chapter 3, would you please stand in honor of the reading of the Word? And so this just gives us a moment to mark out. This is us listening to the Word. And so before it's preached, you need to listen with open ears to what the Lord might have to say to you through his Word. So we'll begin reading in verse 7 of Philippians chapter 3. The Word of God says, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I counted everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, in these moments, open our eyes so that we might see Jesus. Lord, may we see him as the great treasure that he is. And Lord, be willing to, to count everything else as a loss for the sake of knowing him. For it's in Christ's name we pray, amen. You may be seated. My prayer for us today is that we would know Christ and know him intimately. That should be the outcome of our lives from hearing this text. We should desire and burn with a passion to know Christ. It should value above anything else. And that's because we have had our lives changed by Christ. I've had experiences in my life where on the front end, I maybe didn't think something was great and on the back end, realized just how much fun it could be when i was a kid when i was five years old my parents took me to carowinds many of you know it's right down the road uh grew up going to carowinds and so i went there and there was a roller coaster it's not very big you'll judge me for this was called called the gold rush and uh if you're ever on it it's really not much to it but at five years old it felt terrifying and so as a child this will let you know just how much courage i had i i came off of that terrified and for 10 years never rode another roller coaster I was done. It was enough to traumatize me and to say, that seems like the scariest thing ever. And so I set myself out to say, I will not ride a roller coaster. I would go to the park with my friends. I was the guy sitting on the bench while everybody else rode. And I remember one day I was like, man, I'm getting tired of this. I'm going to try it. And I rode my first roller coaster. I was probably, I forget how old I was, probably middle school or high school. And I rode one roller coaster and then all of a sudden it clicked, right? I rode everything. I went from nothing to saying, man, I will ride whatever's in front of me. And to this day, it still freaks me out a little bit, but I'll ride anything they have at the park. Maybe not at the fair, that's a little different, but at the park. i always nervous if the guy put it together a few hours before, they might forget a bolt. But either way, I'll ride anything. But what happened for me is, is there was a bit of a, a fear about it for me, but there— But something happened, and I realized on the other side of that was a whole lot of fun, and everything else went away. And for Paul's life here in Philippians 3, he met Christ, and when he saw just how great Christ was, everything else faded away. That that was his experience on the Damascus Road. We really... If you know the story of Paul when he comes to faith on this radical conversion on the Damascus Road this passage is a window kind of what was happening in his mind. Everything changed because knowing Christ is better than anything this world has to offer. There's nothing in this world that will be better than knowing Christ. And so I, I hope this, this passage for me, at the same time of my life that I described that experience with roller coasters, the Lord was doing the same thing with me personally. And when I was in high school, I had an experience and I met the Lord. I, I was saved. I was clearly walking with him. And I came across in my first year of, of reading through the Bible, I didn't know. I just picked up a Bible and I said, I'm going to start reading. first book I read was Ecclesiastes, wouldn't recommend that. But as I was reading through my Bible, I actually pulled it back off the shelf in my office the other day because I was talking about my first Bible I was given. And I read through that whole Bible for the first time ever. And I remember getting to this verse and I remember saying at this passage that, that that's what it felt like. That's what it felt like to know Christ. I, I, could, I could feel the passage speak to me. If I could pray for you today, that, that would be you as well. I could even hear you as we were reading it. Everybody could feel it. If you're, if you're a believer, you can feel that change. So let's talk about why knowing Christ is better. I'll give you just a few points today. Here's the first one. Knowing Christ changes our loss. Knowing Christ changes our loss. What we mean by loss is different. Our gains become our losses. Our losses become our gains. Now, on surface level, if you were to find a loss in your life, you lose. Typically, I define those as the times that I mess some things up, right? My losses are my mess-ups or my sins or things I've done wrong. But for Paul, he flips that. And, and I want you to see what he talks about his losses are, verse 7. But whatever gain I had, he says, I counted it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss. He says, whatever gain he had, he counted it as loss. Lost. Now, last week we took some time on this, but essentially he was recounting all of his Jewish historical accomplishments, both from his family he grew up in to the things he was doing, all of the things he had spent his life on up to that point on the Damascus Road. These were his degrees on his wall. This is what he would put on his resume. He would say, these are the great things about my life. And he says in this moment, whatever gain I had, I counted it as loss. Do you understand the staggering statement he makes here about his past? It's not that his past was just neutral or that it's gone. He says it was actually hurting me. My accomplishments for a religious earning God's favor were actually against me. You know, years ago I was traveling, and uh, I think it was this high school, I was traveling and I got on I-40 one day, and I was headed home. But for whatever reason, it was early in my days of driving, I had the music up, I got on the wrong on-ramp. So I, instead of getting on 40 East, I got on 40 West, and I think it was 15 or 20 minutes down the road, I started thinking where am I at? This is before the days for you young folks. This is before the days you had a cell phone telling you where to go. And I drove, I think, 15 or 20 minutes in the wrong direction before I realized I was headed away from home. Paul's saying (laughs) that if you are trying to earn your favor with God, it's not simply just keeping you where you're at. It's actually pushing you Away from him. He says, all those things were a loss to me. These works I was doing to earn God's favor were actually hurting me. They were moving me further and further from the Lord. So what should you do with all those accomplishments that you thought somehow would earn your favor with God? Look what he says there in verse eight. He says, for his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things i count them as rubbish in order that i may gain christ he says all these things in my life my friends my accomplishments the religious degrees that he had earned everything he had he said i swept them away in the the trash you know, it's crazy to think about that. That everything he had done, not only did he say it was no longer any good, but now it's, it's trash. Do you realize that trying to do churchy things, be a good person, without being actually saved, without actually being a Christian, it is falsely convincing you that somehow you're okay with God. It's actually hurting you. So for Paul, he says, they're all trash. The word he used here is rubbish. It's a pretty rough word. It, it, can, it can go from the level of of just trash you'd take out to a pile of dung to the word muck would be a good word for it. Just trash so he wants it gone think about this the next time you cinch up that bag and you carry it out to the trash can that this is where he sees all of his past earnings of God's favor you know by design we all know they do this to us they don't make cell phones that will last amen they plan every few years, some of you every year you do this, for you to buy a new cell phone. (laughs) Some folks in here, it's about time for a new one. You've been trying to make it last, but it's struggling. Some folks have resisted to the point you're sitting here with a flip phone in this room because you refuse to let them tell you what to do. But most of us at the house have a drawer that we could pull out right now with all the old cell phones we had. Anybody got that drawer? Somehow think one day you're gonna pull that old cell phone out and be able to use it? And there was a day you walked into a store and spent quite a bit of money and that cell phone was somehow valuable to you, but today, you might have already done this, you might as well take that cell phone and throw it in the trash, because it's no longer any good. The reason it's no longer any good is not because the cell phone somehow worse. It's no longer any good because you got one that was better. And what happened to Paul is he saw all of his life before, he saw everything he had before, and he said, you know what, now that I found Jesus, I found something better than all of this before. No matter what I think I have in this world, I have something better. And that's the second thing I want to point you to, is knowing Christ changes our gain. What we think we have in life and what we gain in life, knowing Christ changes it all. It it changes our priorities and what we value. Look back at verse 7 again. He said, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss. And then here's his his new gain. Here's his new earning. What does he say? Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whose sake I have suffered the loss of all things, I count them as rubbish. For what? In order that I may gain Christ. He says the surpassing worth of of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Do you hear the personal language? Do you hear the intensity of the phrase, this growing value of knowing Christ? This isn't knowing facts about him. This is knowing Jesus personally. This means you know him. You have a personal, that's where we get the term, you would have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That you know him and he knows you. So for him, knowing Christ became better than anything this world had to offer. And it was at this moment and this is, at this moment and this is the way in which God was able to change my life. So I want to I wanna to talk to those of you in the room who would read this and say, that's happened to me. I want you to think back for a second to the moment you made a decision to say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give my life to the Lord. That I, I'm changing my priorities. That this verse would capture you. I wanna ask you a question. Why did you make that decision? Was it because you woke up one day and you were like, you know what, mom's always just been right. This is my duty. This is what I need to do. Christianity's right. I'm gonna do that. I don't think so. Was it because you woke up one day and said, you know what, I've been trying to live a good life. Let me just really do real well at it. Now, I don't think that's usually the story. For all of us in here, we, we had a moment We had to come to where we realized the pursuit of this list of things, it was no longer what we were after. And we saw Jesus as better. We saw him as better than any of that other stuff. So if you're looking today to say, come in here and say, I I know I need to become a Christian, how do I do it? Let me tell you something. You just need to fall in love with Christ. You need to see your need for him. He, He needs to be your treasure. And then all the other stuff falls in place. So for some of us here, we looked at the world and said, financial success, well that's great. Not worth more than Jesus. For some of you, your testimony in this room, I had a lot of friends and they maybe have stuck through some thick and thin, but they weren't the best influence, and you said, they're not worth more than Jesus. Some of us here, we were, we were putting our life into a career or some sort of value this world would give us and say, yeah, he's doing well, and you had to step back and say, you know what? It's not worth more than Jesus. You can look back and say, in that moment, I saw the Lord Jesus, and I said, that's the treasure of my life. That's what Paul means. He says, all that other is trash and rubbish. I just want to gain Christ. So, maybe you're not a Christian here today. Let me just tell you, Jesus is better than anything you'll find in this world. Jesus is Better Let me tell you a few reasons why I'm not done here yet. Here's the third thing I want you to see, is that knowing Christ changes our standing. The, the main reason Jesus is better is because he actually changes our standing before a holy God. Paul launches into the reason that Jesus is so great. And, and in verse nine, it is the gospel really packed into a verse look at what he says, and to be found in him, to be found in Jesus, not having a righteousness of my own, right, in his list of things he had done, I'm not, he's not doing anything of his own that comes out of the law. He says, but that which comes, his righteousness before God comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. So for him, he says, I'm not going to have a list of things that I do that are my righteousness before God. I'm going to have Christ's righteousness before God. His righteousness placed on us. Now this is a key concept in the gospel. We know we're all sinners. We know we stand separated before God. And we now need to be made right with God. Now I want you to see, a a distinction that's happening in this text you may not notice on the surface. Now now when we think about being made right with God, we talk about being made uh, white as snow and being washed of our sins. To have our record canceled and our debts gone, right? And so oftentimes we think about being saved, we think all it's gonna take is God's gonna take the bad stuff we've done, wipe it away, and then we stand before God clear but that's not the picture here. It's more than that. Notice we actually have Christ's righteousness. The the picture here is what we call the imputed righteousness of Christ. That's the big word for it. But meaning that his righteousness is placed on us. Let me illustrate this way. Let's say say you're in $10,000 worth of debt So you owe $10,000 and let's say in that you need to go buy a car for $10,000. So we got a $20,000 gap, right? Is it enough for me to come in and just cancel your debt? You won't have enough still, right? Just because I eliminated all that you had incurred, it didn't mean you had enough to earn the car. In the same way, just because you have your sin taken off, it does not mean we now have enough to earn heaven. We also need his righteousness on us. That's what he's saying. We now no longer just have the canceled debt. We also now have his righteousness carrying us to heaven. That's what's so great about Christ. He is our righteousness. Listen to verse nine one more time. To be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, right? Not our own, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. So as we place our faith in Christ, he imputes, he places his righteousness on us. Here's another benefit or another part of knowing Christ. Here's the fourth thing. Knowing Christ changes our power it changes the power that rests on our lives now take in this is uh, verse 10 is a hopefully an encouraging and challenging verse to, for us today we're going to take each part of it but the power that rests on us is the power of the resurrection look at verse 10 that i may know him and by knowing him what do we do and the power of his resurrection. So that means by knowing Christ that you actually know the power of his resurrection. So, so let's, let's roll this around in our brain. Let's, let's think about it for a moment because this should be an encouraging thought for all of us. I want you to think about Christ's resurrection. Jesus hung on the cross Now on that cross, and in that moment, breathed his last breath. His body was carried down and laid in a tomb. In that tomb, Jesus' body laid there with the wounds of the spear in his side, the nails that were in the hands and feet. Think about the crown of thorns that laid on his head and the lashes that were on his back. So in that tomb lay Jesus' body, bloodied and bruised, The lungs, not full of air. The heart, not pumping blood. Jesus was dead. And then three days later, the power of the resurrection brought Jesus to life. He walked Out of that tomb. He would walk around and show people now their scars here were once the wounds that killed him. Jesus would, his lungs would fill up with air. This this glorified body would now be alive. In the same way, me and you were spiritually dead. That's what the Bible says. You were dead in your sin. I was dead in my sin. And because of the power of the resurrection, we now are made alive in Christ. Do you understand that the the power behind yours and I, our spiritual walks with the Lord, is the power of the resurrection of Christ? And so if you sit here today and you're you're struggling with sin or you're you're weak in, in your moment of fighting for the Lord, and you say, man, I am striving with all I have, just know that the power of the resurrection rests on you today. That's what it means to know Christ. That's why this is better, because you now have his power at work within you. And we need it, because (laughs) the Christian life isn't just all roses. There are thorns as well. Martin Luther said it like this: "They gave our master a crown of thorns. Why do we hope for a crown of roses? Because knowing his resurrection also means we know his suffering. Here's the fifth thing: knowing Christ changes our pain. It, it changes our, our pain. Now now this next phrase. We need to think on it a minute because look what it says there. We know the power of his resurrection and that we may share his sufferings. We may share his sufferings. Do you realize that you share in the sufferings of Christ? The word share here is the word for fellowship. Part of knowing Jesus personally means also you will know his sufferings. Verse 29 of chapter 1, Paul's already given us this this idea. He says, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but what what you should do is also suffer for his sake. Now, what I'm about to say is, I don't mean this to somehow puff up Our church, there's lots of churches that will speak this, but there's a lot of churches and a lot of places you won't hear what we're about to talk about with Christ. Because they will say, once you know Christ, your sufferings will go away. But the Bible says when you come closer to Christ, you share in his sufferings. Think about it, Galatians 2.20, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. Luke chapter nine, he says, when Jesus calls people to follow him, what does he say? Take up your cross and follow me. Think about it. Isaiah 53 describes a suffering servant. Why would we not think that we would not suffer like him? Now listen to me. Listen to me clearly here. Suffering is not a sign of God's neglect or anger towards you. Some of us have interpreted that that way. When we go through suffering, God, this is your anger or neglect. But if this is true, if as you come to know Christ, you share in his sufferings, then suffering is actually a sign of your closeness to Christ, to the Son of God. This is why when you open up and hear the prosperity gospel and they say, if you just follow Jesus, then health and wealth will come your way. It's just not biblical. Suffering is a part of knowing Christ. Our king is leading us down this path. So we must be careful to try to not have a Christianity that scrubs suffering from our life. In fact, it is a part of the Christian life. And that's why I think he pairs these two together. Resurrection, power, and suffering. Because you can make it through your suffering because the resurrection power of Christ rests on me and you. That's how we do this. And we do it because Jesus is better than anything else this world has to offer. That's the picture of knowing Christ. Christ. But you see, this, this hope of the resurrection of Christ isn't just in our suffering, isn't just in the resurrection, but it also involves our future. And here's the sixth thing and the last thing we'll talk about today is that knowing Christ changes our eternity. So let's end with this hopeful thought about how if we do know him, then tomorrow is hopeful. Look there at the end of verse 10 and the beginning of verse 11. So, if we know his sufferings, we're going to become like him in his death. Paul's thinking probably here of martyrdom. He'll probably be killed for his faith. But verse 11, he speaks to all of us. He says, That by any means possible, I may attain resurrection from the dead see one day we will all die this is a reality right whether it's covid that gets us a car crash cancer whether it's just simply our bodies give out, one day we're all going to die. I'm not trying to be morbid. It's a reality, is it not? And so for us, Christ matters. Because you see, the same resurrection power that was in Christ is coming for us. See, that's why the Bible calls death sleep. We're not going to be dead forever. We're going to take a nap. And the Bible describes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 that one day this resurrected Jesus is coming for us. He's going to come down out of the clouds, You know what the Bible says in that moment, the same way that Jesus, he rose from the dead, it says the dead in Christ will rise first. The same way our bodies, same way Jesus' body came back to life, one day, even if you die, you're going to live. And it says that we will meet him in the air. See, the resurrection power of Christ didn't just resurrect your dead heart when you were saved, it's gonna resurrect us one day when Christ returns. So I I know that Jesus is better. These are the reasons I know it. I, this was part of the reason I stand right here today. This is, Jesus was better. From knowing him now, walking through sufferings, and looking toward the end, I know he's better. So let me ask you a question. Do you count, consider, knowing Christ worth more than anything else? Is your life spent on that pursuit Th- that's what it means to come to faith in christ it's a it's a simple formula you've heard it when you turn turn from your sin and turn to christ it can also be called repent and believe on jesus right you you're turning and you're you're placing your faith on cr- in christ it, it's a simple instantaneous act where you place your faith in christ or it can be taught, you consider everything a loss and consider Christ your only gain. It's all the same exact thing. But if it happens in mind in your life, it changes everything. So I ask you today, do you consider Christ worth more than anything else this world has to offer. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. As you bow your heads and close your eyes and engage in prayer, I I want you to reflect for a moment. Maybe, Maybe you need a renewed focus on Jesus today and you, you've experienced him in the past and in these moments you just need to put your mind on the Lord Jesus Christ. It could be that you're here and you, you, everything I just described is not true and in this moment you need to place your faith in Jesus. Whatever it is, you, you need to be talking with the Lord. It's just not me up here. I'm going to pray and it's not just me talking. It's going to be you talking to the Lord in this moment. So Heavenly Father right now, Help us to see Jesus. Help help him to be lifted high. We ask that through the power of your spirit, you would open our hearts so that he might be king of our lives. Lord, we thank you for the fact that all the struggles we have in this world and the suffering and the pain and everything we face as your people, we know we can look to Jesus and we know he's better than all of it. So, Lord, strengthen us, your people, today in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen.